Hello and welcome to another episode of Home and Away. In a few moments, we will be joined by Will Saunders of the Manchester Giants. He speaks on his journey in basketball, the culture around it, and his experience in the States. Hope you'll enjoy. Starting out, uh, you know, playing basketball in the UK is never something that's quite natural to go towards. But for you, I mean, again, you started off playing, you know, football and cricket. And then from there, you made that transition to basketball. What did you think was the reason behind that transition and how natural was that for you early on? Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was definitely a natural transition. You know, the, the reason might have just been just to be different. You know, we, uh, everyone in my school played football and I was pretty good. I like, you know, like to have a, have a go with the guys. And then we had a, a PE teacher come in one day, a different, like a, a guy from some another school and he brought basketball to us and I kind of was just fascinated by the game and I knew about, you know, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. I kind of was in touch with basketball. And then I started, you know, falling in love with the game kind of when he came and, you know, give you, the, you know, some of the basics because you don't want to be just out there dribbling off your foot. So I, I learned the basics. I learned how to shoot and stuff like that and then kind of just became a passion. So it was a yeah. very natural thing. Just someone came into the school and, you know, introduced the game to me. And what was the basketball culture like back in the day? Was I mean, now we see people talking about basketball more in the UK, but it feels like in the, the early, you know, the late 90s, the early 2000s was quite like an interesting period for basketball in the UK. So what was your perspective of the sport back then? Well, t- I don't think anybody in my school in uh, Wolfenstow kind of watched basketball or knew anything about basketball. Maybe I had one or two guys we would maybe stay up late and watch the games. But yeah, it wasn't really a culture as far as like the music and the fashion. The music was probably very relevant, you know, the American music. But even wearing Jordans, I remember I had some Jordans back in the day and people were looking at me like, what are you wearing? When I was in, in when I was younger. So yeah, we, we, we're not as advanced as we are now. It's not as a, you know, it's part of our culture, you know, English culture now, having some, you know, basketball trainers on or wearing a jersey, you know. So we've come a long way since when I was in school, for sure. Yeah, to be fair, in, in terms of just basketball, I feel like that's the most important thing to have the cultural influence rather than the sport. Because once you actually make yourself look cool, mm. that's how <laughs> people will watch. You know, like, that, that's just the facts. Because even, I'm sure even back in your day, the fact that you wanted to be different, it was because basketball was seen as a cooler sport that compared to some of the other sports. And I think that's just an important aspect that comes with all this. And for you, were you a big fan of the NBA at the time? And did that have anything to do with you eventually making the move to the States and competing there? Yeah, I loved Kobe. He was kind of the reason I played, you know, just uh, everything about him to be honest. I can go on for days about Kobe. And then I remember we had a Eurosport um, when I was in my, my mom's house when I was probably about 14, 15. And I remember we used to get some EuroLeague games or EuroCup games. So I used to watch teams like uh, Luke Oil, some of these uh, Israeli teams, some of these Europe, proper European teams. And I was just fascinated by the, the game because it wasn't the NBA. It was a completely different kind of basketball. But then I, then I went to America at 17 and kind of got back into the NBA bubble and then only watched NBA and college at, at that time. For some reason, when I started playing basketball, maybe it was the coach at that time, hit, and I started playing for clubs, actually. And everyone's, you know, they've got their dreams and, you know, you hear what this guy wants to do. And, oh, so-and-so just went to America for a scholarship. I think there's a couple of guys that went the year before I went. And then you're hearing these stories and then you, hit, you shout, you're hitting them up. And 
they're telling you it's great. And you know, that's what, and I'm, I remember I told my mom that one day, I said, yeah, I want to go to the States and do it. And she didn't even play about it. She knew from the second I said it, all right, if that's, if that's what your dream is, that's how you're serious, then we'll do what we can, you know, to get you there. Yeah. So it was more like, that's what you're supposed to do if you're good at basketball in England. Yeah. At a young age, you're meant to go there and push yourself because you're, you know, you're a big fish in a, in a small pond in England. You mm-hmm. go out there, a whole new experience. How do you look at that? stance now do you think it's still the same situation where if you have to go to the states to play basketball or can you have a career in basketball starting from england and building a culture over here for sure i think playing in europe is a big draw is a big story draw for players to come back home and you see in the women's game you've got some a lot of great talent playing for the london lions and they could be anywhere in the world playing so it's 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 a lot better now I think even the league's getting some investment, you know, there's a lot of talk around what's going what it's going to look like in the next few years. So I think you'll see uh, uh maybe not a mass exodus, but you'll see a lot of players coming back and I think that's really going to help the game because back in the day, you know, I'm saying back in the day like it was that long ago, but before it wasn't really the BBL that was on your mind. It was more you 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 do the tours, you do you go around, you play everywhere and then come back and play in the BBL. And your time in the states, you know, you started high school, and from there you went on to, you know, playing in college as well. What was that transition period like, getting adjusted to the states and just the culture over there? What was that yeah. transition like? It was it. What helped it was the fact I lived with a with a host family. I think they call it now. Um, so it was a, a kid I knew, and he, his his family kind of welcomed me into their home and being around him and his family seeing how they interact with each other and how they it was all foreign to me it was all we're all english speaking countries but it was completely different and i remember they used to say why don't you never joke why don't you never smile maybe i had that <laughs> london in me and they said why do you always wear black <laughs> so i've got all these things i'm thinking i don't even know i wasn't even self-conscious about any of these things so i started try try to come on my show a bit more try to like maybe not take things personally and have a bit of a laugh you know because you know in london everyone's so uptight you know you can't say mm. this you can't say that so yeah, it was a bit more just being free and kind of just, you know, being who you wanted to be and there's, there's no pressures to be anything else, you know. Because, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Even in the States, like people are just more outgoing, they, you know, they just talk with each other, even if they don't know each other that well. Whereas if you go to London, people are almost in their own circles in a way. And I feel like when you go to, go to America, you realize everyone's just being themselves, being out there. And this, I feel like that's just a different transition thing. Yeah, I think yeah, but this is it's, just, it's such a London thing because even when I'm I'm in Manchester now, it's a lot more friendly. The city's all friendly. You know, we just we've got something going on in London, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, how was the playing, you know, experience like in the states? Because I feel like in the UK, basketball is seen as fun. There's a sporting aspect to it, but in America, there's also there's this narrative that people make around basketball because you know if you start if you make it here you know you can make it to the big leagues you can make it to the nba and stuff did you find that difference in culture where people were just looking at the sport like we were playing this to create those highlights to create those moments to get our name out there and it's yeah. not just about playing the game a certain way it's also about making yourself yeah you know better and more marketable i suppose yeah that's you know that has its disadvantages as well because players like Luka Doncic, they play the game the right way. They're looking for an advantage. There's no really showboating in this game, you know. And sometimes showboating can lead to, you know, someone coming down the other end or scoring or 
You know, I remember in America watching guys do like a windmill and the whole team stop and oh my god. <laughs> and then the, the whole the other team's going the other way. So, you know, there's that side of it. But you know, they've got AAU over there, they've got uh runs everywhere, they've got even unofficial runs where scouts come and watch. So there's a lot more opportunity, there's a lot more exposure to, you know, be scouted or, you know, someone to see mm-hmm. you. So I think that kind of breeds a, an environment of more, you know, let me get, let me show what I've got right now. You know, in England, it's, you know, you're playing and you're training, you've got your coach there, you've got, there's no scouts really there. There's no one there. So you're just, you're just playing for the fun, for the love, you're, you're with your guys. Maybe there's a, there's a dream you've got, you know, you want to chase that dream. But in America, the dream is now. It could be today the guy watches you or you're at that gym and someone else is looking at someone. So it's your time to take his. Because I remember in junior college, it was poaching other guys, uh, <laughs> other guys' schools. When a school, school would come watch someone else, you try and think, no, that's not going to be my school. So it's very competitive in that aspect where London is not, is not really as much. Mm-hmm. And did you find yourself buying into that theory that I need to uh, sure. show myself in, in that regard? Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, my brother used to have a saying, man, you just, I can't really say it now, but <laughs> we'd be like, you're just trying to get a motherfucking scholarship, man. That's it. You just, I remember we'd bore him, we'd be like, I'm trying to get a motherfucking scholarship. <laughs> so in the back of your mind, it's, I need a scholarship, I need a scholarship because yeah. your alternative is to come back home and not have a scholarship. And, yeah. you know, when you're young, you just left, that's like, you can't do that. Yeah. You, you Again, you went to JUCO. What was your experience like going to the JUCO, going to JUCO and... What was your family's perspective of that decision that you made? That's interesting. Yeah, good question. Um, well, the word junior college doesn't sound good to you know I've got an African mom, so it just didn't it didn't really click well. She went see so going from college to junior college, and she didn't like that whole idea. But it was more betting on myself because you know um I, you know Division One scholarships are one year kind of renewable things, and I redshirted my first year at Division One and. The the team wasn't winning, things weren't going well at the at the club at the school and um. I remember the meeting, the coach was just beating around the bush and I just told him, hey man, just give me my release. No hard feelings. And I'll go in on and that's it. So I took the the release and I knew if I went junior college, I would I could go back to D1. <clears throat> so I said, let me just figure out this junior college. And the, the craziest thing is the same coach from when I first started playing in England. <clears throat> I called him up. He had a connection with someone in Clemson, South Carolina. I went there for an open run, just basically a scrimmage. And then there was another guy that used to coach at Juco that was there. And then he recommended me. And then I got a flight the next day or something to Florida. And then I got a scholarship there. And I remember I signed right there when I was there because they had an English guy I knew. It's Florida. <laughs> you know, I just said, <laughs> and it, was a lot. It, was, it was good vibes there. I could tell it would be somewhere I'd be happy. And um, yeah, Juco, is if, if you're coming into it kind of unprepared, you should get yourself ready because it's, you know, guys that didn't make it because of grades or they got in trouble with something or they're just knuckleheads or just other situations that, you know, they needed to go there. So it's not always going to be the best students or the best behaved, you know, kids. So it's more knowing who you are, staying true to yourself and and just working hard work. It's a graft, you know, so you just got to see it as any other job. And what was your experience in Florida like? Uh, it was a good time. We actually won the national championship for junior colleges, which was, you know, amazing. But you know, some of those guys are like my brothers to this day. It, it was, it was a lot of highs and lows. Even though we won it, it was a lot of lows because guys, you know, some guys got kicked off and stuff like that. But it was, I wouldn't recommend junior college for everybody, but for me, it, it really helped me and it got me where I needed to be. Right. You know, I got to re-pick my Division One when I came out of junior college, and I got one that suited me very, you know, very well. And 
again, I think that's a good point about you know, the winning culture. How, yeah. how do you think that influences people in terms, even at a young age, if you start winning constantly and you see those high moments a lot, do you think that's always a good thing or do you, do you think it almost hinders someone from being prepared for, well, it's not always going to be these wins yeah. that you're going to get and you're going to have those challenges even in your playing career? Yeah, it's a good, that's a good point. Um, I think, you know, winning can, you know, you can get lax, you can get very, you know, complacent, I guess. But if you've got a good, you know, good structure, good team, good uh, good coach, you know, that winning, it's that motivation for the next challenge, the next one, you know, and not resting on your on your success. But winning kind of showed me what, you know, what needs to be done in a team. Sometimes it's not, not everyone's going to be the 30-point scoring guy. So you've got to know, you know, what you're really good at and how you can help the team with that, you know, and, and the stuff you're not good at, just trying your hardest and making it making it happen. So I learned a lot from that team as far as, playing a role in a team because normally I wanted to be the man and do all the stuff but you know you've got good players so you're going to have to find a role and I think that's kind of a, a something I took from that team and you know I haven't had a winning cha- national championship team like that since so yeah and I, I think that's a good point that you mentioned you know finding your role in a team because that's so important you look at any team in the NBA or any team that's successful in the world they have those players that are so key to putting it all together and uh, so, so in that regard did you find it easier to play a role in America because there are many people who wanted to be that scorer mm-hmm. rather than being in Europe where people understand what their roles are and you know feeding into a proper system whereas in America everyone wants to be that main guy did you find that yeah. easier to fit into a role and easier transition into that part of playing it's probably in America and right. in England it's more you know well, not England say in Europe they kind of gauge what you are and then you have some kind of guidelines here. Like with me, it would be oh, maybe not as much pick and roll, but come and come and get a down screen because you get a, get a shot off. In America, everyone's still trying to prove that point. They're not really settled on who they are yet. You know, the guys that settle kind of early, not settle, but the guys who understand themselves early and know their limitations and kind of play to their strengths are going to be the better players because they're not in a situation where they're at their disadvantage as much, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think in America, you, you kind of, you keep going. You want to be the, you push and push and push. And then you kind of hope you can figure out the role. Some guys don't figure out the roles. But in Europe, it's, it's more, this is what you're doing. It's more, it's more a teaching game in Europe. In America, they kind of teach you how to play hard. In Europe, it's a, it's a more cerebral thing. It's the coach's imprints on the plays. It's on the defense. It's on, on your switching. It's on your pick and roll coverage. So there's a lot to learn in when you get from America to Europe. Would you say you learn more about the tactical side of the game in Europe than you did in America? Oh, yeah, one team. <laughs> there was one team. It was just, I remember one of my first jobs, I had a coach, Coach Romandini. He's a, he's a really good coach. And he just it blew my mind, the kind of stuff he would go into, the details. We had a, we had a say, we have a game on the weekend. The playbook, would, the book for the other team would be like seven, eight pages. And it's all their plays. It's what they do in certain situations. It's at the end of the game, what they, who they're going to go to, what his weaknesses are and... And it was just so much to kind of, you know, take all in, you know, because I'm coming from a place where, okay, he goes right, send him left and contest the shot. That would be it. But here it's like, okay, on that pick and roll, he does this. Or, and if he splits, then we have to do this. And it was, you know, I learned a lot. And I really appreciate that coach, you know, to this day, kind of showed me the game. And playing in Europe, you know, going from America back to Europe now, what was that? I won't say the transition like, but then getting used to, as you said, the cerebral side of the game. 
And mm-hmm. was that ever was that overwhelming for you to just take that um, all in? At times, yeah. But you know, it's basketball and you figure it out. You kind of just put your hours in, even if it's just studying, watching, watching films, a lot more watching yourself back and you know, the more time you catch yourself, you catch your own mistakes and it's that you improve that way. So I think it, you know, it demands you to look at yourself in the mirror and, you know, challenge yourself because it's not just who runs the fastest or who can jump. You know, sometimes a physical battle, you win that battle in America, you win the game, you know. In in America, in um in Europe, it's a lot different. So it was it was overwhelming at times, but I, I figured a way to kind of slow the game down myself and again not trying to do everything know the things I'm good at know where coach wants me the most and try and do that and you know you play you played in so many different countries uh, in Europe you played in Iceland you played in Germany you played in Spain what was that experience like in terms of getting to know different cultures just not just in terms of only basketball but just in terms of just getting to know all these different cultures as a person how do you think that kind of changed you and changed your perspective on how you see things. Yeah, I think that's the best thing about being a professional basketball player in uh, in Europe is you know experiencing the cultures and it kind of, you know I was always pre- pretty much a broad-minded person but you know really put in my mind and you know show how see how beautiful the world is you know you know America's kind of very similar to England so, so to speak so going to Europe is a whole different environment and Yeah, it's the best thing about it, man. You know, embracing it, learning, you know, trying to learn the language, you know, learning how to order pl- different places and making friends out there, you know. Yeah, it's 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 probably the best thing about it to be honest. And eventually that you then made your way back to, you know, England and then playing in the BBL. What was that how did you come to that decision? Was that something that you wanted to do for a while or Um, I always had a dream of coming back and you know giving giving my family a chance to see me play you know but it was you know I kind of was more led there I had a few injuries and it was um again proving my health kind of thing two years out of the game is you know you want to go where you're wanted and you know that was wanted in the BBL so I thought you know let me give it a go and it's going well right now we're we're doing okay in the league we we actually uh, we at the cup right now but we um I think we're third in the league right now so we keep pushing you know we see how we get get on in playoffs. And again you mentioned the injury that you had and again there's the physical side of it there's the rehab side of injuries. But what how do you deal with the mental side of injuries in being away from the game for so long and you know having doubts about your ability and how where you stack up now especially when you're making that transition back to the BBL. What was that like for you? That's a great question man. Um yeah that's that's probably one of the hardest things you know and it's your body you might might not feel 100% the same so you're trying to figure out your body you're trying to learn you know where you what you can do what you can't do but the confidence thing i've always played i've always been a confident player kind of the shots i've taken games i have to be confident so battling that confidence thing was was new to me having to kind of you know just know that i am who i think i am kind of thing and it's it's still something i'm working on you know i don't feel like i'm at my complete best at the minute but we're I'm getting I'm slowly slowly getting better feeling better you know and when the, with the confidence thing is more sometimes I went back and I watched some old tape I watched a few games I used to, I played maybe a few years ago and I just reminded myself that that was the standard so coming into it at this level you know I can't let my standards slip I still have to be the same effective guy and yeah the confidence thing you know is something I, it's a day to day thing but I'm pretty much you know the way I was I'm built if I miss a one shot or two shots the third one's going in so or if someone goes by me one time then he better 
defend me on the other end come and try and you know what I mean so that's kind of one of my, my strengths being confident and playing with a chip on my shoulder but it definitely did get rocked a bit having two years off and trying to come back and realize that I'm not gonna dunk on everyone and <laughs> I'm gonna have to maybe pass the ball a bit and you know <laughs> play the game and then about your time in Manchester how have you found yourself to fit in because there's a good mix of youth and experience in that side how have you taken to your role in being someone who passes on that experience on to other players? Yeah, that's a big reason. You know, I came here. I, I played and um, I came and trained with them the last week of last season just to get my body moving a bit. Cause I know the coach really well, and um, I had a chat with the owner, and he liked the way I was talking to the guys. I was I'm very vocal when I train and when I play, so he kind of liked that about me. And the team was missing that, so I think that's one of the reasons I'm here. To be honest, to kind of put that you know give that knowledge on. And just kind of help where I can. And we've got a lot of guys. We've got Dan, we've got Jamel, we've got, you know, guys that have been around basketball for a long time. So there's a lot of good voices in our locker room. And, you know, you know, we'll see where we end up at the end of the season. I hope this, you know, with the championship trophy. So we just got to, you know, try and pull all of our experience together and make sure we're going in the right direction. Absolutely. And mm. for you on a personal level, how do you look back on what you achieved so far? And I know this might sound more like a, a morbid question, but in reality, how would you like to be remembered by, by players and just, just the people that know what you've done so far? Yeah. Um, I haven't really thought about that, to be honest. Um, to be remembered in the game, someone that was a bit of a dog, you know, had a fight, had a, loved a good tear up and wasn't scared of anyone, you know, you, shoot in your face kind of thing you know just just you know someone like that you know more like the never say die attitude I think that's something I bring to the team you know that kind of that will that will of fire no pun intended um so yeah I think I think that that would be great to remember like that you know it wasn't an easy game you know it wasn't you'd have to kind of put your hard hat on to play against him kind of thing any particular way you like to be remembered as a person um Sweet, funny, kind-hearted, you know, clean, clean-hearted kind of guy. <clears throat> yeah, that's that. You know, had a lot of love to give. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Cheers.